Welcome to another episode of Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Let's get to the show. All right, so today we are going to talk a little bit about something that um, Nathan and I have both dealt with in our lives a little bit, and that is anger. Who hasn't had an angry day? Yeah, that's true. Um, Most of us have had angry days. Um, The question is, how do we deal with those angry days? And I know in my life, it's not always been, you know, dealt with well. Oh, yeah. I mean, it definitely has ruled me Um, at times. Yeah. So, kind of want to go back a little bit and just kind of tell origin stories slightly um, of where we think our anger came from and uh, where we have seen it affect our lives and where we are trying to work on it now. So for me, you know, I I, I grew up in a broken household. Uh, My parents split when I was uh, 1993 would have been seven years old. They split, um, and, you know, there was certain reasons why my parents split up, but leading up to those circumstances, there was a lot of hostility in the house. Um, you know, I saw a lot of times there was a lot of fighting and stuff like that. And it seemed to always be, at least in my viewpoint from one more than the other. And, uh, that was my mom. And it, you know, I saw a lot of anger. I'd see pots and pans get thrown. I'd see just different things, yelling, screaming. And I don't recall, I'm not saying he never did, but I just don't recall it from my dad. It's not as prevalent in my mind, in my memory banks. Um, But, you know, it, it led me to think, why is it when we have two viewpoints that we see, maybe one parent that it is not visibly angry and one parent that is, why do we tend to pick up one or the other? Why do we tend to pick up, it seems like more so than not the angry side of it. And we choose those habits as being learned habits rather than the temperamental side. There's something about anger where it's kind of like a drug, I think. Once you start feeding that monster it becomes bigger than than you feel like you can handle. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I witnessed that last night with my daughter. We can talk about that a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, it's just she all of a sudden became uncontrollable. And, uh, yeah, it's just. I, I like what you said there is uncontrollable because that's really – what we're told in in the Bible is to not become that. Right. But like you said, it can be a drug. And Mm -hmm. when you get into those emotions and those feelings, you know, it's, it's about learning how to control that. And for myself, you know, my parents were wise enough, at least after the divorce to get us into counseling so that we knew how to, um, cope with, you know, the depressive side of it because our family was breaking up and, you know, fortunately I think that went a long way, but at the same time to cope with being able to talk things out a little bit and sometimes, and we'll touch on this later too, that can even be a flaw Mm -hmm. um, if you don't do it properly. But where I really saw, in my opinion, the first time that I really saw the anger come out in my side was later on when my dad was remarried and my stepmom and I, and we just, we butt heads, you know, and, yeah. and I was that, I think at the time I was turning 13 if I wasn't already 13. And so, you know, early teenage years, you know, I want to kind of do my own thing type of stuff. And I wouldn't say the, the you're not my mom kind of thing, but mm-hmm. probably some of that in there and just rebellious dude. And, and it was literally... And I'm not exaggerating. Every single day for four years, my stepmom and I fought. Yeah. And 
you know, coming thinking back on it, you didn't take time off for the Sabbath. No, <laughs> but but thinking back on it, like I don't really, I can't even tell you half the stuff we fought about. You know, and I and I was angry. I was angry. Like I, there was times I wrote poems about my stepmom that she later found and shredded. Mm. And there was, you know, I, she, uh, even at the time, like my stepdad would give, <laughs> he would give us, uh, he would help us download CDs of like Metallica and like Megadeth and different things no. like that. Yeah. Your dad? No, not my dad, my stepdad. Oh, okay. The one my mom remarried. Okay. And so like, <laughs> Then I would come back, and of course, because my stepmom and I are going at it, right? Like, we're having all these angry times. She finds these CDs that say Metallica, Megadeth, yeah. and they're burn CDs, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff that he had. And she was like, kind of not saying it, but like, this this devil music is having an effect on his anger, right? And oh, so, yeah. literally took the CDs and fried them in the microwave. And I was like, that was wow. pretty intense. And it yeah. only takes like five seconds. You put a CD in the yeah. microwave, five seconds, boom, that CD's destroyed. Yeah. So then I even secretively went behind her back and got them re-downloaded. And I like wrote different titles on the burn CDs. So I knew what they were. It was kind of like a code. Yeah. But I could still listen to the music that I wanted to listen to, right? But and the same thing that we kind of talked about last time, like even though, yeah, we were fighting every day and, and music is music, it, it kind of does feed into that, right? Like you're, yeah. what you're wrapping yourself up in the world feeds in a little bit to how you're pushing a personality out. Sure. And so I'm sure it did feed into a little bit. But, but like I said, we argued almost every single day for four years until finally I was just like, I'm exhausted. I'm so tired of fighting and you wouldn't think it would take four years to do that. But, man, I was I was just exhausted. And finally, I was like, I'm just going to try saying yes, ma'am. And the crazy thing is that changed a lot. Yeah. Like, like, she and I, you know, over the years, we both talked about it. And we both apologized for our parts in it. And we've made amends. And she and I both have great relationships with each other now. But it was just like, why did we waste that time? being so angry at each other when we could have had a better relationship for four more years. And then even at that, you know, okay, we reconcile, we move on. Everything's good. We've had a great relationship. And then I, you know, in and out of church, in and out of the Bible, not always keeping myself founded. And I meet my wife and, you know, we go through periods of time where, you know, we're not in church and definitely find in those periods of time where you're not staying grounded and you're not staying connected in the word that those moments of anger seem to seep out a lot more. And it's hard, you know, it's hard to feel good when you, when you don't treat the ones you love the way you know you should. Um, you beat yourself up even so much to the point that sometimes they say you do it, you're beating yourself up too much. Yeah. But I look at my grandfather and I look at my dad and I look at these people that I'm like, man, I just, I want to be more like them, Mm -hmm. you know, but I have this anger inside of me that is so hard to control on my own, which is why we need the word. And, you know, that's, that's just kind of like how it built up in me. And now I'm at the point in my life where marriage has really helped in this sense because my wife doesn't tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And I don't want us to be arguing in that way. So I've really made an effort in the last few years to try to watch my tone more, try to talk in a more loving way as opposed to, you know, just saying what's on my mind in whatever tone I want to say it in. And it seems to work, but it definitely works better once I'm started founding myself in the word more. And um, one of the things that I've always kind of grown up thinking, uh, and this comes back to what I said earlier about talking and counseling, is I've lived on that fact of the verse in Ephesians 4.26 where it says, In your anger do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger. 
Mm-hmm. And I've always taken that kind of just at face value. And I've been like, okay, the sun's going down. We're resolving this. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, it, it really hasn't been until, uh, let's be honest, this week that I've maybe kind of having a revolution, revolution, revelation yeah. on what that exactly means. And that's because you and I earlier this week even had a little bit of a spat. So, yeah, I mean, I was, I was perfectly innocent in the whole thing. And, oh, uh, no. Perfectly. <laughs> no, not quite. Um, yeah, it was quite, quite a spat. Um, and you know, I mean, before we go over that, uh, just comment on my growing up a little bit. I can't say that anybody in particular is responsible for the way that I dealt with anger. Maybe some of the ways that I, um, act out my anger I probably picked up from like my dad or something but and I know growing up I was not the easiest child to deal with I was a lot like my youngest who is currently not easy to deal with and I was constantly well they do say that you're gonna you're gonna get kids that are worse than you were yeah it's constantly challenging my parents and constantly testing the limits of what I could get away with even when I was already in a great deal of trouble. And it definitely tested my, both my parents speaking on my dad in particular, you know, he definitely at, for a little while there, he definitely had anger control issues. You know, I found myself in middle school pinned up against a couple of walls. I recall, um, but there was something that changed inside of him. I don't know if it was my mom pulling him to the side or a message he heard at church or just something that was laid on his heart. But I did notice going into the high school years that he kind of didn't act out his anger uh, as physically, I guess. And he even started watching the mild profanity that he would throw out from time to time. And it got to the point to where now he's like definitely one of the best parents out there that I know, one of of the best father figures out there that I know of. You know, I mean, we we can't get away from a family get together without getting some sort of sappy text afterwards saying how much he really enjoyed his time with us. And that's a that's a much different father from who I grew up with. But, you know a lot of that also has to do with, with me growing up more and being outside the house and, and us living our lives more separately. Um, but yeah, I, I see today that a lot of the ways that I act out my anger were similar to how my dad had acted them out. And probably if I'm being honest, probably a little bit worse than how he ever acted them out there. There are definitely some very embarrassing parenting moments on my part that have happened, you know, over the last couple of years that I am very much ashamed of. And I'm, and I'm working on correcting those, uh, and the whole don't let the sun go down on your anger thing was something we discussed a couple of days ago, you and I, mm-hmm. because it's, it's like the, uh, body is a temple that we spoke about a couple weeks ago. You know, where it's like, it, I had always heard that, but I never really thought about what it truly means. And so we kind of broke it down a little bit yesterday. We talked about it and uh, it's some good stuff, I think. One thing I just want to say real quick before we dive into that was that for me, I think I, I'm recalling what it was that made me snap out of it with my stepmom. And it was one of the times that my dad was standing there and I was talking back to her, right? And out of character for my dad, he reaches out and gives me not a smack, not a slap, but just a little little pop on the cheek, right? Like just yeah. a little open hand. Hey, wake up. Twitch the end of the fingers. And I sh- immediately, from whatever I was saying in that moment, just shut up. And I was like, that's not in character for my dad. 
um, I need to listen. You know, I, I, I need to pay attention. And I think that was one of the things that kind of changed. And so like in the same way, when we're in the word, that's kind of our little pop to the cheek. It's kind of our little slap like, hey, you know, you're not acting how you should right now. Um, you need to refocus and you need to act in a godly manner. Anyway, so I thought that was just important to the story of, of how we how we should react and what sometimes it takes to wake up to that. But um, talking about what we were talking about just a second ago was not letting the sun go down your anger. Like I said earlier, I took that face value. You know, I'm like, because of, and, and I attribute this to going through counseling as a child, but when, when I'm in an argument or when I'm in a situation that something needs to be resolved, that maybe tensions are high, I want to resolve it right then, right there. I want to hash it out until we've hashed it out seven, eight times, and there's no other direction we can go than having a resolution. And I've always done that on the premise of don't let the sun go down on your anger. Mm-hmm. Through talking with you just the other day, you know, it, it, I had my own realization that Okay, so even though I, and I've, I've had this conversation with my wife before too, but it, it, it's the other day when we had our little spat because I just kept going and going and going, um, kind of made me real, because my wife will tell me, she's like, just leave me alone. Get out yeah. of the room. You know, let me do. And it's easy for me to, do that with her because it's like that's my wife you know but it's like it's harder to do it when i like leave my house drive over to someone else's house to continue to have the conversation that he just left my house from having Mm -hmm. and so it's like i'm here right now like we're gonna talk this out we're gonna resolve this when sometimes all that does is really make it worse right so basically i just need to in my own circumstance the other day, our spat, like I, I didn't have a lot of the anger going on. Like the way I was acting was not out of anger. It was more out of trying to, to figure out resolution. And I need to learn that when somebody else is angry and I'm still trying to get that resolution, that sometimes backing off is okay because that person is angry at the time and that in that anger, I also don't want to cause them to sin in their anger by me continually pushing and pushing and pushing. Mm -hmm. And that's where the first part of this verse is so prevalent because it says in your anger, do not sin. Then do not let the sun go down on your anger. Right. And so that kind of hits more as we were talking that, it's more about don't let your anger go unnoticed right? or don't let your anger go uncontemplated so that you then are causing sin. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me a little bit of the story of Cain and Abel where God basically told Cain after they both brought their offerings to God that Cain, you know, you're, you're angry right now. Don't, Sin, because sin is creeping at your door. So it's all about how we act when we're in those angry moments and being someone that can push and push and push. I can cause someone to act sinful when they're not trying to. They're trying to be contemplative. And that's somewhere where I need to learn how to control that side. Just going to read this little article that I came across, like a little passage from it, but it, Basically says at face value, the passage seems to indicate that racing through your anger is a good idea. But when understood in context, those verses mean the exact opposite of racing through your anger. The phrase, don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, is a paraphrase of a verse in the Psalms. Don't sin by letting anger control you. Think about it overnight and remain silent. Psalms 4.4. In Ephesians, it seems to indicate that you shouldn't go to bed angry, while in Psalms, it seems to indicate 
that you should contemplate your anger overnight. That statement seems contradictory. However, knowing the verse in Psalms brings a fuller meaning to the one in Ephesians, don't let the sun go down your anger, does not mean righteously your anger. It means don't let your anger go unnoticed or uncontemplated. It is a reminder, which is what you were just saying and what we've already discussed, is to make sure you're thinking through it and not just ignoring it. But it's a reminder that your anger can be destructive, so you're not to bury it or just act it out. You're to process through it and hold on to what is good and let go of what isn't. Right. And and so I think what kind of, you know, in our conversation, that kind of opened my eyes to the pushiness side of it for me was actually the way the NIV reads my study Bible. Um, it's It says in Psalms 4.4, it says, In your anger do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. And so I think that's a really interesting way to switch up that phrase of, of think being thoughtful and contemplative is to be silent, to search, search your heart and be silent, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so that's a good way of saying, am I going, is this anger right? Is this anger just because it's not always wrong to be angry, but it's how we act in that anger that can be sin. Mm-hmm. And so I just want to say here again, I know we've already gone through this, but you know, I'm sorry for being pushy the other night. You know, it, it was something that, you know, I know I do sometimes, but I, I want to be better at that. I appreciate that. Um, Definitely, definitely sorry for words that were exchanged out of anger on my part. We basically had a conflict of interest on a parenting style. The method that I grew up with was that occasionally you would be sent to your room without your meal, and that's where you would spend time, hopefully, kind of thinking through things and and it's kind of like when you fast you're told to pray when you're fasting right every time that you get the hunger pains you're told to that that's your reminder to pray and it's kind of I think that was kind of the same mentality growing up was when I would get those hunger pains it would be a reminder of why I'm up there in my room and not downstairs with the family eating it's it's a reminder that that I was not in, in the best headspace and that I was not listening and obeying like I needed to. It wasn't ever to deprive me of a basic human right of eating. I don't know. It was just their, their style of trying to get my attention, trying to wake me up because nothing else seemed to be working. Yeah. And so that, you know, I, I, I grew up that way. So that's what I've continued to know to do. And Jen and I have kind of had a difference of opinion on it. Uh, she hasn't been very vocal about it. Um, she'll say from time to time that she doesn't like it or agree with it, but then she'll also kind of, you know, not contradict me and go along with it, which would make me feel like we were both on the same page. Uh, and it finally came to a head uh, a couple of days ago when I had come up to do some work at the church and, uh, y'all came over to watch my children for about an hour and you came to find out that they hadn't had anything to eat yet because they were being punished. <laughs> and, uh, that did not go over well with y'all. And I was caught up in this meeting, so it wasn't something where we were able to easily text or call each other and be like, Hey, what's going on with this? And why is this happening? Uh, instead I find out that my children have been taken from the house and, uh, they're going to go spend the day with their aunt and uncle for the rest of the day. And then we were to go meet up with them at their house for dinner. And all that was feeling a bit like a trap and a bit like they were taking my children from me, which isn't what it was, but 
they were because they were in communication with my wife and they were talking to her and they said that they just wanted to spend the evening with their nieces and i you know through text through text message it just didn't come across the same way and so that led to a pretty big blowout fight uh well not really immediately a blowout fight but it definitely led to several hours of me just sort of contemplating that punishment style and and asking myself if that's something that I agree with. Like I've never stopped to think about it that way before. I've always thought like, well, I didn't like it growing up as a child, but that's because I was going to bed without food, but I never thought about as a parent, like, do I agree with this parenting style? Do I think that setting my children to bed without nourishment is the best way to get them to recognize that they're messing up? And I've told you that, that I'm still kind of on the fence about it as far as how I truly feel about it. But again, you got to recall, this is like 40 years, you know, around roughly 40 years of, of me knowing this method of parenting. I thought you were going to say your parents still don't feed you. Yeah. Well, they don't anymore. <laughs> we need to really talk about that mom and dad. Um, but it finally caused me to decide, you know what? There are enough loved ones in my life that are completely against this method. They don't like this method. It's causing, it's causing divisiveness amongst us. And if I'm being honest, it's really not working as a parenting tactic. Like it's just not doing anything. So if it bothers everybody else that much, then maybe I should just put it to bed and not mess with it anymore. And so I decided that I, and I told Jen, I had a conversation with her and told her, you know what, this isn't, this isn't working out. We're not going to continue this method of punishment. I'm done with it. And we're, we'll find another way to try to rein our children in when they're, when they're not listening. But that, that whole ordeal had been so draining to me emotionally that I just didn't really feel like coming over for dinner. You know, like I just, I still felt a little bit like it might be kind of like an intervention type situation where they're going to sit down and be like, okay, we need to talk. You're not being a great father right now. And that's really not okay. And I just didn't want to go through all that again when I've already put myself through it for hours. And I decided that I was going to stay home. And I've, I've read a couple chapters in a parenting book by James Dobson. And I finally got to the point to where I was like, okay, I think I can be around people now. And, and I want to, since I'm starting to feel this way, I want to go ahead and push myself into that. Like, I don't, I don't want to have this be a passing thought. Which let me just interject real quick and, and applaud that because Nathan that we've talked about in past sessions, sessions, <laughs> episodes was, I'm just going to stay home. You know, I'm, I'm not going to lean into that feeling. And the fact that you did lean into that feeling, even though the way the night turned out at the very, very, very end of the night, we had a couple hours of really, really good hangout with nothing even being talked about until another miscommunication later on. Right. So, yeah, it just, it was one of those things where um, I was texting i had texted my parents and i asked them if they regret that method of parenting or or if they think today in their mind in their current mindset because they've also gone through a lot of spiritual growth in their own life and it's it's amazing to see how far they've come and so i asked them if they felt like that was a good form of punishment and my mom's response was kind of funny and i chuckled and i showed it to my wife and she kind of chuckled and then I looked over at Josh and he looked like, I want to know it's so funny. And so I showed him the phone and he read the conversation and he got a little chuckle. And then that's when everything kind of went south because uh, I guess it felt like that was me opening the door to continue that conversation. And the questions started coming like, do you really think it's okay not to feed your children? And and I responded and I, and I answered it the best way 
I knew how in that moment, but I guess I, I didn't clarify in my explanation that I was no longer going that route of punishment. And so it, it rubbed the other person the wrong way. And that person, you know, came a little bit stronger with the question. And that's when I said, okay, it's time for us to go home. And I walked out of the house, went home and there was a knock at the door and it's Josh asking if he can come in at the door. I'm giving him the body language of, no, you need to go home. We're done talking. And, but he's my brother and he's been a pretty long time friend. So I let him into the house and we got to talking and I went out to the garage and we continued to converse, but it started getting elevated and heated. And I had said at some point, okay, we're done. This conversation's over. We're, we need to take a beat. And I walked out of the garage and went upstairs and got in bed. And then Josh followed me up the stairs about five minutes later, came into the room and said, Hey, I just got a few more things to say. And I was completely checked out and not wanting to be in this conversation anymore. So, so in that moment, I'm just going to interject real quick. In that moment, I was sitting in the garage alone and thought about everything. And I was like, this is not how this night needs to end. And my intention of going up, and I actually sent Jennifer up first. The, the thing is, the sun had already gone down, though. The sun had already gone down. You're right. It was dark. <laughs> but my intention in that moment of going upstairs was to not even talk about anything else that we had been talking about. My intention surely was just to end the night with let's not let this drive a wedge between us. Let's show love to one another and end our night that way. And in the midst of trying to explain that, it all got brought back up and we just kept going for like another hour. Mm -hmm. Maybe not even an hour. It it seemed long, but in hindsight, I think I was only there for an hour overall, but. And I finally said something along the lines of, what's it going to take to get you out of my room? And he's like, give me a hug. Yep. So we hugged. And then he finally left. Finally. And I got to, I got to do what I do best and go inside of myself and decompress and analyze and just, you know, think things through. And we came together again the next day to record this podcast that we're just now recording. Uh, and we started off with a different format, started talking a little bit about David and Goliath, which we'll get into another episode, I'm sure. But, you know, it was the whole back and forth wasn't there. You know, he, Josh would kick it off like he normally does. And I had nothing. No response whatsoever because my mind, as 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 fine as I was trying to be in that situation, I was so hurt on the inside, and my mind was still processing what all we had gone through and and the argument that we got into, and and how unfair it seemed that I was being judged for a punishment that you know I basically was taught growing up. You know, it's it's like. And I'll say, even at this time, there was still some misunderstanding uh, in the feeling of, you know, when we took the girls to our house. Like, it's, there was still, I think, some some thought there and not fully believing that it wasn't to punish Nathan. And really, that those two, two circumstances were 20 minutes apart from happening. That it, in when we decided to, you know, ask Jennifer if the girls could come over, it was simply like, it's spring break. Let's have the girls over. Let's cook up some burgers and hot dogs and invite everybody over for dinner. But with Nathan being at church serving during all this, only getting a couple text messages from Jennifer, mm-hmm. that miscommunication just led into him still being like, but you were taking my kids from me for something that I did that all I've ever known. Yeah. And it, it, it there was even some resolution there in that. I think that day that we were talking about everything off air was that, dude, that, that wasn't the case. Like I was not taking your kids from you. <laughs> and 
you could see it in your eyes a little bit still that that I I don't know that you truly believed it, but as I was telling you again, probably for the third time, that the this is the case. Like you could see, almost like not a like you could see the belief coming to your eyes and your brain because it was like you went from this this eyes downcast look to your head kind of elevating again and 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 it I don't know it was really interesting to look at because it you could just kind of see the understanding on the face and that was something that when I was being pushy the night before everything I was trying to say wasn't getting through that wall of anger because I was I was just pushing I was just saying things trying to resolve it when your heart wasn't ready to be resolved and that's where my folly was you know and it's like but in in those moments we were able to talk everything out and have understanding because now the hearts were okay the hearts were not sitting there with sin creeping at the doorstep and i think part of what helped with the resolution as far as not dragging it out any longer than like a day or two is the fact that we have both of our families have been getting more involved in the church and we've been attending services more often and challenging ourselves to be in the word more often. And, you know, even with this podcast, trying to find topics to discuss and through that, looking deeper into scripture and the meaning of it, whereas to normally that wouldn't be, what it what would be going on throughout the day you know there'd be different thought processes you know uh before it was a matter of you know like i've said over and over again sitting down watching something all day long and and with that there would be guilt because you know that eventually you know you you know in the moment this isn't what you should be doing but you also know that somebody's going to question at some point, you know, and then you know that there's no way to really truly defend it and make it sound like it's anything noble that you're doing. And so you're carrying around this constant guilt that puts up defenses and gets you ready for a combative argument because you know, you're not ready to face it. You know, you're not ready to say, yeah, I've been messing up and, and this is not okay. And I need to fix this because you have no intention of truly fixing it. And so I had to get to that place to where I was okay with realizing that it, that it was time to fix it and yep. it can't, it can't keep going on that way. And so because of that, it allowed me to keep my anger in check a bit better than I would have in times past. It still wasn't perfect. Like yeah, it wasn't a, a tightly wrapped up sitcom. You know what I mean? Like 30 minutes later, we weren't just hugging and, and, no, it was an hour later so that I could leave your room. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that really stood out to me, though, was when we were talking and, you know, that night I was looking and I, I checked Life 360 and I was like, Nathan's still at church. Like, I, I for sure thought when you got home, I was going to get a text message or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Nathan's still at church. I was like, he feels like we're punishing him. And Ashley was like, do you think so? Because, you know, I, I would have thought maybe he'd been like, oh, the rest of my day is free, you know, you know, this and that. And something that when we were talking off air that you mentioned, you were like, yeah, that, that probably is what old me would have done, mm-hmm. you know. And you said, but I, I even had that thought come across my mind, but it was very fleeting. Mm-hmm. And you were like, no, like like these are my kids, <laughs> yeah. you know? And so that was something that I saw in you that was like, that was a different way than you would have received it previously. Then, mm-hmm. you know, through all these changes that you're going through personally and spiritually right now, that was really, really cool to kind of see you explain that the mm-hmm. other day. And, um, you know, and, and there is definitely something to be said about, being in the word and being in a godly spirit to help you control your anger more 
And um, as I understand it, you have a pretty interesting story that just happened just even as of last night. Yeah. Kind of revolving around that. So last night, my dad came over to watch a movie with with the girls. And uh, we got through the movie and let the girls have popcorn and all that stuff. And they stayed up later than usual, but it wasn't enough for them. Like my dad's leaving. It's never enough. And my dad's leaving. The girls just want to stay up. They want to stay up even later. And Jen's tired and saying she's ready to go to bed and stuff. And so I could have gone either way, but I decided that I'd be supportive of my wife and say, yeah, let's all just go to bed. And the children were egging me on to, to stay up with them. They want, they were trying to get daddy to watch one more movie with them. And because that's your weakness, they were like, you know, that nights that they've had off, there's been times that Caitlin comes downstairs and you're like, all right, come on, let's watch a movie. (laughs) So they were like, we know how to get dad, dad, let's watch another movie. Cuddling up on the couch with my girls acting like innocent angels. Yeah. Yes, please. Uh, but at this time, it was time to go to bed. It's time to go to bed. And so we, you know, after much fighting and debating, they finally went upstairs. And they, they, when they don't have school, they get to spend the night in the same bed if they want to and uh, have a little sleepover in each other's room. And uh, they, were, they were up there just sort of chatting away. And we could hear them all the way downstairs. We could hear them. We even heard the door slam a couple times. We weren't even sure what that was all, all about because as far as we knew, nobody was really angry. We just kept telling them that they need to go to bed. And we have those. They're like, here's what I think about your go to bed. <laughs> Bam! Slam the door. And they have the, we have those Alexa, Alexa devices that we use as an intercom to communicate. Uh, and so rather than going up and down the stairs every five minutes telling them they need to be quiet and go to sleep, we'll tell Alexa to drop in on on their room and then we'll tell the girls, Hey, y'all need to, y'all need to go to sleep. It's time to be quiet. Your uncle's sleeping. Their uncle has a room next to theirs and, uh, they just would not listen and they kept talking and laughing and occasionally you'd hear some insult be thrown because one of them said something the other one didn't like. And so finally we, uh, we went upstairs and, told them that they had to sleep in separate rooms now because they weren't they weren't behaving and they weren't listening. And so Hannah had a meltdown. She just came unglued. But wait, you did tell me there was something else about the Alexa that happened. Oh, yeah. So Hannah knows how to hang it up. And so Jen would call up there and be like, all right, girls, y'all need to be... And all of a sudden Hannah would go, Alexa, disconnect. Alexa, hang up and <laughs> we'd chuckle about it a little bit and Jen would get flustered and she would, uh, call back Alexa dropping on Caitlin and, um, and without fail, Hannah would again, Alexa disconnect. And so finally got to the point after about, you know, five times of this happening that Jen was like, I'm going to go upstairs. And so she went upstairs and told him that they can't do that anymore. And so, the solution was, okay, we'll just unplug the device then. And so they start talking again. And Jen says, Alexa, drop it on Caitlin. And Alexa says, I'm sorry, I'm already in a call right now. And it, it was the device's way of saying I'm not online. And so we finally were like, okay, we're just going to separate them. And that's when everything went south. Uh, got Hannah into her bed and she started crying and bawling and saying that she needs her sister. She wants her sister. She can't live without her sister and just all these sweet, heartfelt, emotional things. But she's just bawling about it. She's screaming it out. And uh, Jen deals, deals with her for a little while and to no avail. And then I go in there and I at first start the whole, you know, coming at it a little aggressively like, Hannah, it's time to go to sleep. You need to go to sleep. You are keeping the rest of this house awake. You've already awoken up your uncle. This needs to stop. Go to sleep or you're going to get a SWAT. You know, like starting to to threaten to spank her. And basically that went back and forth for a little bit. 
And I finally decided, okay, this approach doesn't work. I'm going to physically hold on to her. And so I got her into a bear hug, sat her crisscross in my lap and just put my arms around her and just held on to her. It was like riding a, riding a bull at the rodeo though. I mean, she just had so much power that she was thrashing, wailing her arms around, screaming, literally biting me, yelling, let go, let go of me, let go, let go of me. I finally let go of her and say, I finally tell her, I'll let go of you if you will lay down and be quiet and go to sleep to which she agrees that she'll do. And then she doesn't. And then we go right back to it. So it was about 45 minutes straight of her fighting this bear hug that I'm giving her until she finally started to calm down just enough for Jen to come into the room and give her some of the things that she was asking for from, from her sister's room, but also offer to lay down next to her and go to sleep with her. And to which Hannah said, yes, please, I'll take that over my dad. <laughs> and within three minutes of Jen laying down next to Hannah, Hannah was completely out and asleep. And I was telling Josh off air, I couldn't figure out what the lesson was I was supposed to learn from this. Like, it seemed like there's definitely a lesson in it to learn. But there was no true resolution, in my opinion. Like, Hannah never came to me and said, Daddy, I'm sorry for the way I acted. The next This morning, when I asked her how her morning was going, she still had a little bit of an attitude towards me for the way that things were handled last night. But I realized that the lesson was more in me controlling my anger and me dealing with that in a calm situation, being calm and collected and not, not allowing her anger to feed into my anger. Cause like I said, at the beginning of this anger has always been like a drug for me. It, I feed off of it and it, and it helps me grow, uh, this monster inside of me that, that knows nothing more than to cause harm on the people around him. So it was nice to just sort of hug the anger out of my child. Well, yeah, and kind of like when they watch a movie, you know, you got to sit there and hold your child for 45 minutes, but it wasn't it wasn't peaceful. <laughs> no, it was not peaceful. But I do I do think the other side of that too <clears throat> that you'll start seeing is the more that you act that way, the less of these uh fits you'll see and the reason that i believe that is because right now it's a it's a learned thing right mm -hmm. just like it was learned for you mm -hmm. just like it was learned for me growing up they've always understood that relationship is a back and forth fight right but now you weren't fighting anymore you were just sitting there holding your daughter mm -hmm. and yeah I, I was praying over her mm -hmm. and she would say daddy stop praying don't don't pray. Stop that. And uh, and so then I would go quiet and start praying quietly. And a couple couple uh, let's see a couple weeks ago, I was going to the men's Bible study, and Hannah had asked me, "Daddy, why are you going to church again this week? You know, like why do you keep going?" And I said, "Because I'm trying to become a better father. I'm trying to trying to get better for you." And so in this moment of her anger, while I'm bear hugging her, she said, I thought you were going to men's Bible say to be a better father. You're not a better father. I hate you. You're, you're being terrible and just all sorts of. So, so let's look at that real quick though, because in the moment of anger, right? She's obviously saying things that don't make any sense. Yeah. Just like we all do when right. the moment of anger. But when she looks back on this and she's going to be like, wow, instead of my dad arguing at me, yelling at me, telling me, you know, that I'm, I'm going to get, you know, spanked or telling me that this is going to happen. My dad was holding me. He was being a better father. Mm -hmm. You know, he wasn't acting in anger. He wasn't acting. Uh, he, he wasn't letting that anger control him and control his actions. And that's why I say, I think the more that that happens, the less this will happen. Yeah. I felt, I felt really good after that interaction with her, even though, even though I feel like it didn't go as well as I was hoping it would go. I felt 
so good. I was pumped leaving that embrace with her that when Jen came back into the room, I half expected her to give me a high five and be like, way to go, dude. You nailed it. Way to parent. And that did not happen. And that was a little disappointing, but. That's okay. (laughs) (laughs) She tagged in. Y'all got her to sleep. And yeah, then here we are. She got the easy peaceful part. Just laying down next to her. Yeah, but there's been a lot of times. I mean, even <laughs> when we were at Bible study a few weeks ago, she didn't have an easy, peaceful night. No, so yep. it definitely happens both ways. But I mean, let's just wrap this all up and just say, man, it's the only way to get over being angry, in my opinion, is to release it over to the Spirit. Because... We can't do it on our own, man. We've tried. We've mm-hmm. tried for our entire lives to, you know, handle things on our own. And it's not until we start to keep our foundation in God and ground ourselves in Him that we start to handle things better. Yeah, it's all about the company that you keep and the things that you do throughout your day. If you're not surrounding yourself with like minded people or with people that are, acting in ways that you yourself hope to act, then you're never going to, you're most likely not going to accomplish that. You're not going to achieve it. And so if I stop going to church and stop reading the Bible and stop doing this podcast and stop doing all sorts of other stuff that, that's, that's pointing me in the direction of God, then this corrective behavior of mine personally will also come to a stop. And I'm not ready for that. I, I don't want that. It's it's a day-by-day thing for me as of right now. Like each day I have to wake up and decide, today I'm going to continue to do the best I can do. Yeah. Amen. Well, that's going to pretty much do it for this episode. And I just want to leave this episode by saying this. We are in for a treat on the next episode that we record. We have Pastor Jody Mays joining us. Pastor Jody Mays is a product of the 60s and 70s and went through the Jesus Revolution, which is what is now known as and being shown in theaters currently. Really similar story to Greg Lowry, who is uh, what that movie is based on. But we're really excited to talk to him about what it was like growing up then. And then also we're going to talk a little bit about legacy and what it means to have a Christian legacy. So we'll uh, leave you guys with that, and we'll talk to you next time. Don't say that it's over. Thank you for listening to Unafraid with Josh and Nate. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you can catch all of our new episodes. And please leave a review to help other people find our podcast.